0: Welcome back to Meraki Unboxed. My name is Simon Thompson, your host for today, and once again, it is wonderful to have you joining us as we steadily approach the end of 2022. And we're at episode 93 here. Uh, we're getting very excited because 100 is just around the corner. I think we're we're looking at February, something like that, for uh, for episode 100. Uh, looking forward to that. But uh, in the meantime, we've got more content for you before we wrap up 2022. And uh, today, we're going to get into an episode uh, talking about how we can use cellular technology to really enhance our networking offer and, you know, generally how you can improve uh, your connectivity and provide more security and availability for that. So, we'll get into that conversation in just a moment. I just want to remind you all uh, that this is a podcast we run every two weeks. And we generally aim to cover both the technology but also the people uh, here at Cisco Meraki. Uh, we're very interested in really just sharing what we have to offer what, what how we think about technology, how we apply it to the challenges that our customers, and partners face every day. And you know, you are listening to this, you're obviously part of this story. And that means that you probably have an interest, maybe a story of your own that you'd love to share on our podcast. And as I say, every time we would love to have that featured. So the best way to reach out to me, uh, because I can't be sure that Twitter will still be running in two weeks time. So I'm just going to say that uh, my email address you can use is simon at Meraki.com, And uh, just ping me a note on there and just give me a sense of any ideas you have. Maybe you've got a story you'd like to tell. Maybe you've got an application for our technology that you'd love people to hear about. Uh, Or maybe you're a partner and you've got an interesting technology solution that builds on top of the Meraki platform. We'd love to hear from you and get you featured on the podcast. Uh, So do please ping me a note uh, and let me know your thoughts. Okay, let's get into our episode for today. And uh, in order to take us through our conversation, I am going to bring in a special guest for the first time on the podcast, uh, Prateek. Welcome Prateek to Meraki Unboxed. How are you doing today?
1: Thank you so much, Simon. I am so excited to be here, and I am doing quite well. It's uh, 37 degrees in Chicago, so we're heading towards chillier weather.
0: I feel like this should be a regular feature on the podcast is that we always capture uh, the weather forecast for our guests because we have people coming in from all over the place, but yes, Chicago, a little bit chilly right now.
1: That's right, but you know what? We're used to it, so.
0: Yeah, you definitely should be used to that. Uh, It's big extremes up there, right, because it gets super hot in the summer as well.
1: That's exactly right. Yeah. We we have all four seasons. That's what we uh, sell our friends in other parts of the world. That you get to experience all four seasons to the fullest extent in mm. Chicago.
0: Yeah, we just have the one out here in uh, California. It's basically just spring all the time. Uh, it's always always pleasant. Never super hot. Never super cold. Uh, just just pleasant. And um, yeah, very very lucky to be here. I have to say, I'm, I don't envy you that uh, that cold. So I hope you got the heating on. <laughs> right tell, on. tell us what you do for Cisco Meraki.
1: Sure. So I lead product marketing for our cellular and hybrid cloud offerings. I have been at the company for uh, going on eight or nine months now, mm-hmm. and I have a background in technology. I've been working in technology all my life. So everything from awesome. all my adult life, I should say, uh, everything from enterprise and consumer to hardware and software and I think the most compelling thing about what I'm working on right now is really it's helping to push the envelope of that intersection between society and technology. And my objective on what I do on cellular and hybrid cloud is to really help humanize this technology. Mm -hmm. What are tangible outcomes that we can talk about and also help drive for people? Because at the end of the day, employees, partners, customers, we're all people. So really trying to tell that story is something I'm extremely passionate about.
0: That's, I love the way you put that. And, and that's very similar to my own way of thinking about my career. It's like I, I enjoy being part of an organization that is trying to connect people, that is trying to enable people to communicate with each other, uh, to do whatever it is that they're trying to do to make the world hopefully a better place. Um, so I love that story. I mean, what, what's it been like? What's the journey been like at Meraki? Obviously, uh, nine months, you've got enough time to reflect a little bit now.
1: Yeah, so I, I think there's three observations that really stick out for me is, number one, it's it's really interesting. The, the The whole purpose of a network is to enable greater connectivity, and the thesis is that greater connectivity enables you to do more and achieve more. We see this in the natural world as well, like when you look at scans of a brain, the more neural connections there are the more capabilities that individual is able to mm-hmm. you know, have and able to do and able to achieve in their lives. And what I like about Cisco Meraki is that there are those connections between people as well. Everyone's always willing to help. Everyone's always right. willing to roll their sleeves up and also everyone's really passionate about pushing the envelope, um, and really kind of exploring the edges of the human frontier. And again, yes. that's the stuff that I get up for every morning. The other two things is nerdy, cool, super cool personality for everyone here. Everyone loves what they do, and also they, ha- they kind of have their own flair to it, which I quite appreciate. And the third part that I've observed and-, and quite appreciated is they have been thought leaders. We have been thought leaders in the world of hybrid work. Right. So when the rest of the world was looking for guidance, what should I do? How can I operate in this new paradigm? How can I succeed and excel? Cisco Meraki from the get-go was saying, Hybrid work. And by the way, underlying hybrid work is a powerful core net for stru- network infrastructure with growing levels of connectivity between different individuals, devices, nodes, offices, uh, whether you're in the cloud, you're in person, it doesn't matter. Hybrid cloud and hybrid work just really embraced that paradigm and took it to the next level. So that's really that third observation that I picked up on.
0: Yeah, that's a reality that I think uh, we're really living ourselves. Um, as Merakians, I, I it's uh it's just a reality that uh, when we're, we're not in the office or we don't need to be in the office every day in many cases and prior to the pandemic i mean if uh, for those of you listening if you didn't know this i mean Meraki was very much a hundred percent in the office unless your role was specifically field based like sales uh, for example, then everybody who worked for Meraki was was coming into the office every day and you know that that's just a reality that has passed now we're we are into a different error if you like and and hybrid is is the normal now um so at some point we'll stop talking about it as a thing because it's just what we do and you know we've been able to enable it so it's, it's interesting to hear your observations there uh it, it, you know it's walking the talk is the uh, is the phrase right
1: couldn't agree more
0: yeah so let, let's talk about um the cellular piece in uh, specifically then let's let's get into that uh we introduced a product that, um, that that supported a cellular connection to the internet. Actually, quite a long time ago, right? So the 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 MX, the security appliances that we have, that's really where it started, and that's a long time ago. I'm thinking that must be a wow. I, I've lost track of time because I've been here too long. It's probably like eight years or something since we uh, since we we introduced those. But then we then we got more specific. So then we decided to to just focus a little bit more. Uh, on cellular. So, why? What? What? What is it about cellular that's potentially useful? I wonder if it's handy to maybe do a quick uh, history lesson and let's let's think about how this technology has evolved to become useful to us in what we're doing at Meraki.
1: Excellent question, Simon. Absolutely. Let's go back into history a little bit. So, cellular as a technology really started off in the 1970s, and a lot of the cutting-edge research that was taking place in this domain really was happening in Chicago. There was a very large organization known as Motorola at the time mm-hmm. that was just churning out innovation after innovation. I mean, I'm, we're talking about the world of 1G. So they were really kind of leading the charge there, so to speak. And we're now at this point where we're having conversations several Gs later, 2G, 3G, 4G, mm-hmm. you know, 5G, what have you. But every generation has fundamentally done three things. Number one, it's unlocked uh, faster speeds. Number two, it's unlocked greater connectivity. And number three, it's unlocked new use cases. So it's not just, I have an Xbox 360, now I must get the Xbox One. What's the upgrade? The pictures look a little bit better. No, like fundamentally, every G that has come out has enabled us to do newer and more things. Mm -hmm. Cellular technology at large uses what's called the electromagnetic electromagnetic radio spectrum. It's what surrounds us everywhere. And it uses that spectrum to transmit little bits of data between two nodes. A node is basically just a device that sends and receives a signal. Mm -hmm. So that's really what's been going on in the world of cellular really since the 1970s. Other firms have entered the domain of cellular and really helped to continue pushing the envelope and innovation. And I think the most popular example throughout history and and posterity will help to kind of affirm this as well was really the apple iphone you know they were the ones that really said okay we're at 2g now let's accelerate this more because we have a device that really we think can help to be the center of your universe and gosh it hasn't (laughs) even been 15 years and we're 3g 4g 5g later so that's the rapid pace of development that's been going on in cellular
0: yeah. And it really is. I mean, that that's a fine example. It's of course used all the time, but it's really the shining example. I mean, talking about how we, push the demand from the consumer side but also in the business world the the, the capability that we have now uh, for for just staying connected is just crazy and and the ubiquity of that and the leveling of that 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 sort of you know that equal access for everybody uh, is really I think a special thing about what happened with 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 cellular for sure um so so speaking about the data side of things obviously, you know the, the the phones are are a voice product, but they also have in, increasingly evolved. I mean, let's be honest: how many of us even make phone calls on phones anymore? It's, it still happens, of course it does, but it's very interesting, isn't it, that we 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 pick up these devices and we're predominantly using data on them. Uh, just an interesting side note. I think the um, the the area I wanted to get into is the cellular WAN piece specifically. So, can you explain how we get from you know, basic cellular data capability, 2G, 3G, 4G, uh, how does it then get used in in a sort of a networking, a traditional networking environment like ours?
1: Excellent question. So as cellular was first really kind of founded, gosh, what was it, 50 plus years ago, it really wasn't used in a professional or business SMB or even enterprise setting until much more recently. I mean, we're talking the last 10, 15 years, Mm -hmm. um, because that's really when we have seen the performance of cellular being viable enough to offload some of our work to cellular and being able to use it as initially as a a testing and backup form of connectivity, but now increasingly, especially with 4G LTE Advanced Pro, uh, primary connectivity as well. Mm -hmm. The way that it is used in networking is simply put, Uh, So our audience, I'm, you know, for the purposes of inclusivity, I'm going to give just a little bit of a breakdown of what WAN or wide area networking is Mm -hmm. Uh, for simplicity's sake, it is basically a connection to the Internet and typically businesses that want to share information and conduct transactions will share information over the Internet. I won't go into MPLS and some of the more right. uh, advanced modes of connectivity, but we'll just say it's the internet. That's what WAN is. I mean, that's
0: definitely what we've trended to, right? Away from private circuits more towards public internet as the as the the carrier for those circuits essentially. Yep.
1: Exactly. So, in a networking sense, cellular WAN basically just means I as an organization am getting my primary connectivity or some connectivity to the internet through cellular data Mm -hmm. it's not coming through a wired broadband internet service provider often called an isp it's coming through cellular now in the early stages and really even up until now we've seen a lot of organizations using both Mm -hmm. but i'm also seeing data recently to suggest that there is a burgeoning population of individuals and organizations that are increasingly relying on just cellular for WAN connectivity or internet connectivity,
0: right? Because they can, because we've reached that stage. Uh, I, I think that's one of the interesting ones. There's this concept of ubiquity, ubiquitousness of of access, uh, coverage. There's also that question of speed. So, you know, obviously, when I'm at home, I'm typically on my Wi-Fi network. I don't think about using cellular data, but what, what I think has been happening is is that it's become more and more viable as an alternative right, over time. I mean, how do these speeds even compare?
1: There, so depending on where you're located, and again, you can take a look at a really good website for our audience to go to is broadbandmap.fcc.gov. Pop in your address, where you work, where you live, where you commute to, a place where you like to go hang out. And just take a look at the connectivity that's there. The FCC is the primary governing body for all telecommunications in the United States. And they just started including cellular internet in their broadband maps as well. Mm. This is a huge point of validation for the marketplace and for customers as well, because the government has essentially said the investments have been made and the performance is there on par. You know, They consider different tiers of performance to be kind of bare minimum for what they would consider to be acceptable. Generally speaking, about 25 megabits per second is what's considered like you need to have at least this much connection. Right. And a lot of different parts of the country don't have that yet, either because their wired service providers haven't built out connectivity that far, or perhaps they're just congested. So cellular has really kind of been able to come in and not only fill those gaps, but really expand into areas where they could not go. Rural areas, remote mm-hmm. areas, difficult to reach areas, even high congestion urban areas. The fastest performance we've seen with 4G and even 5G have actually been in downtown areas of big cities. We're thinking New York, Chicago, San Francisco. That's where really where we're seeing this performance. And at that point, you're not beholden to Wired anymore. You can actually seriously look at cellular and be like, this is, why don't I just go this route? Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we're seeing now in the data as well.
0: Right, because if you're talking about the traditional approach of bringing wires in, of course, I mean, we've been doing this for decades at this point, so we're very familiar with doing it. But it, but if you're a, a new business getting started up, for example, and you, you want to move into it and be a tenant in a building, Uh, You've got all that complexity around dealing with the service provider and getting the physical cables run uh, in in different parts of the the location there. Um, And this is much more turnkey, right? I mean, obviously, by definition, if it's as easy as uh, creating a hotspot on your phone at the most basic level. But obviously, we want to get past that and and, and just have that turnkey, but give it that dependable feeling. A
1: thousand percent. With specifically with IT leaders, and what I try to tell people in the world of IT is don't think about IT as just we help make stuff work. We, as technologists, are enablers of tangible business outcomes. And increasingly, what we're seeing is that in order to squeeze the most juice out of the capabilities of this, we really need to help evangelize and. Uh, get the commitment from our partners and other departments to see the the promise and the value of cellular as well.
0: Uh-huh. And so, to to kind of bring this to life, I mean, we've started to do this already. We're talking about you know buildings and it being a potential alternative. I think one of the nice ways of of always bringing this sort of technology to life is just to think about some of the use cases, to think about some of the environments where we could really see cellular being. Uh, preeminent, or just have benefits that that make it viable as the as the best best approach to take. Uh, what what sort of examples come to mind when you when you think about that?
1: So a really good example, actually, I'll start off with not necessarily the use case, but actually the the capabilities that come mm-hmm. from the use case. So remote connectivity, pop up connectivity, faster time to market literally getting connected in a day or less versus weeks. Mm. The reduction in back and forth between your ISP because they have to send out a technician versus in a cellular connection. If a tower goes down, you're just going to go and grab, your device will automatically go and grab the next closest tower. So it's much more resilient as a connection. I really like to start the conversation around public safety. So approximately in 2012, the United States Department of Commerce had commissioned this project whereby they wanted to set up a dedicated data lane for public safety agencies. The thesis was that we're moving away from people having home telephones. And as such, 911 dispatch they used to be able to know where Simon Thompson, where Prateek right. Desai is based yeah. on our address. You can't do that anymore. How do you do that? So cellular is now becoming the default. So the Department of Commerce essentially said, let's create a dedicated data lane so that when your local fire, police department, any public safety agency, uh, FEMA, the Department of Homeland Security, when they need to use cellular traffic, that they have a dedicated fast lane. Mm-hmm. It's called Band 14. And Band 14, what it essentially allows public safety agencies to do is have priority access. Everyone has access to Band 14, but they have kind of an HOV lane so the third lane takes priority access. This was to show and validate the power of cellular. And we have seen this taken forth by a company called AT&T. They have a specific public safety offering called FirstNet. So they have a special program in which they certify devices that are compatible with the first net network. So the Department of Commerce essentially kind of offloaded to AT and T. Said, "All right, go run with this program," and AT and T specifically serves this audience now, giving them fast lane access. So most recently, we had certified the MG41 and MG41E. These are two of my products at Cisco Meraki, Mm -hmm. to work on AT&T FirstNet. So what this means is that any concerns that you might have about load, any concerns you might have about getting up in time quickly, all those concerns are gone because you can get your site connected immediately. You have fast lane access. It's been invested in for over 10 years by the government and the private sector. So we have proven speeds that either meet or exceed the FCC's minimum requirement for broadband connectivity bandwidth. So public safety is, I think, they've kind of been the thought leaders on this space. And I I don't think people are talking about AT&T FirstNet enough, nearly enough.
0: So that certification, uh, it's looking for, I mean, you mentioned a certain level of performance that's that's obviously key like a certain minimum amount of, of data throughput um, are there any other sort of major key elements of that certification that that's obviously our product needs to be able to meet to, to to get that
1: yeah so essentially AT&T certifies these devices they will take in a device and essentially kind of run it through the ringer and see if it actually works on their network okay see if it passes their stress tests and Just to kind of go back a a little brief bit to a a more of an academic lesson. Band 14, what does it mean for you? Well, uh, TLDR, uh, too long, (laughs) didn't read. The electromagnetic spectrum is divided into little lanes called frequencies. Groupings of those lanes are called bands. And band 14 falls into what I would call a low band. So these are low frequencies, 20 megahertz to 700 megahertz. Mm -hmm. We also have mid band and high band as well. So right now, we have really been squeezing as much juice as we can out of that low band, and we've made a lot of tremendous strides on it. With 4G, we started going a little bit more into mid-band as well, and certainly with 5G as well. So mm-hmm. if you ever hear in the media something called sub-6 or sub-6 gigahertz, that's the mid-band spectrum. Mm-hmm. And, and you'll also hear a term called millimeter wave. That's high band. Now, what do these three bands mean? Well, you know, that's incumbent upon us and really myself to to help figure out and educate you guys on and, and figure out what are the right capabilities tailored to the right use cases so that you as the customer can achieve the outcome that you need to. And essentially, the difference between the three different groupings of bands is that the lower bands work over the longest distances, but they don't have as fast of a speed. The high bands have... The fastest speeds possible, but they have a lot of uh, degradation and quality and signal packet loss. So they don't work over long distances as well. Very short distances. That's why for millimeter wave and for high band to work, you need a lot of miniature towers separate from the big ones that you see on the wow. roads called microcells. The mid band is really where a strong commercial viability is. And that's really where I personally think we're going to see a lot of innovation on the sub six area, Mm -hmm. because this is an area that still covers extremely long distances, but it offers that robust speed, that step up from the low band so that you can not only match what you can get from your wired ISPs, but in many cases exceed them. And just to kind of give you some color here, uh, recent reports show that globally, as of today, uh, over seven out of 10 service providers around the world have a FWA or fixed wireless access offering. What this means is they're now selling cellular internet Mm -hmm. um, as a mode of connectivity separate from your cell phone. They want to connect homes. They want to connect networks, businesses, nonprofits, government agencies. And to kind of further, you know, underpin this point, FWA adoption is rapidly accelerating. We have nearly a hundred million connections today worldwide. And that is expected to continue to grow at a near parabolic rate, um, and we'll also see kind of increasing um, mix adoption of five G as that continues to advance as well.
0: Wow, that's that's promising, and uh, it, it makes perfect sense. I mean, like, even when you think about the U.S., um, you know, we've, we've talked about U.S. examples here, but right around the world as well, you've got these huge open spaces that are just just not economically viable to cover. With other types of technology, so here is the strength that we can we can play to with uh, with a fixed wireless type of approach, and it's very interesting because this technology has been around for in some form or other for a, a couple of decades at this point. But it's but it's now getting applied more to the cellular um, standards that we're used to, and so now we think about FWA in a slightly different way. Um, really, that, that where it can leverage the the sort of three G, four G, five G towers that are out there and, and just getting people connected more easily so that's awesome and and the other thing I picked up on and I just want to double check that I've got this right um, when we talked about band 14 and obviously that is a very important fundamental public safety cellular band it's in the low band which means it gets the best coverage and and it's you know therefore that much more dependable have I understood that correctly
1: Uh, That's correct. So that is what is uh, a prerequisite to getting FirstNet certification in addition to kind of the stress test they put you through. It's going to work over extremely long distances. So FirstNet connectivity is going to be great for public safety agencies that that have locations in remote areas. Or if you're a disaster response agency and you need pop-up locations connected really quickly in the times of natural disaster and acts of God, Again, that's going to be super critical there as well. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the most compelling thing to me is in the commercial side, we call it faster time to market. But for public safety, it's um, every second that's shaved off of emergency response calls helps to save lives. So for public safety, it's a charter of we are helping to preserve human life. And again, going back to that example of Cisco Meraki in the natural world, in business, enterprise, education, nonprofit. The more connectivity that we have, the more devices, the more people, the more sites that we have connected, the more capable we will be as organizations, as a collective. We will be able to achieve more, do more, um, and that's really where we're going to kind of push the frontiers of human possibilities.
0: I love it. And that, that again, I mean, that's, it's so good. I love the way that you bring it back to that all the time. And it's just a reminder of why we're here and why we're doing this in the first place. Um, just coming back to the technology itself and, and thinking about the, the physical product, uh, we don't always get to choose where that sits within a building. It doesn't, it's not always going to be near the perimeter of the building. And and you mentioned earlier that, that when we get into those higher speeds, those higher frequencies, you don't get quite as much penetration or as much reach uh, with with the um, uh, with the data performance that you're used to there. So how do we get around that problem if you can't physically locate the thing uh, near, near, I mean, if you're in a big building, right, and, and you're sort of tucked somewhere in the middle of it, then how do you solve that problem?
1: So candidly speaking, this is where, you know, I'm going to shine the spotlight a little bit back on. We haven't paid enough attention to optimal network design and the good news is that you know the good folks here at Cisco Meraki we're we're here to kind of share that information for you because a we we're genuinely geeked and excited about it and b we think the world can be a better place if everyone adopts this so first and foremost when you have WAN connectivity or connectivity to the internet placement of your devices is crucial but sometimes you may not have known that that was a critical component so like If you're doing a wired connection, you're just going to throw your modem and your router somewhere in the corner and just hope for the best. So you can actually come and reach back out to us and we'll help you architect exactly what the optimal placement is so that you have ubiquitous connections and that you have optimal performance. Mm -hmm. When it comes to cellular, this is where I'm so excited about the fact that there is an ecosystem around this. There are so many different vendors and competitors and firms out there. And and I love that because we collectively will help to push the boundaries of cellular. But there's a few things that you need to consider. Cellular, the devices will inevitably have potential trade-offs and you need to be aware of them. Number one, just can you get your hands on one? So that's the availability piece. Number two, are you using a high quality component inside of it? Do you have a good modem? Uh, Number three, the build quality. So you don't want... The power unit to be right next to your chipset so that when it overheats, it just melts. Like That's super important, the design mm. of the device. Uh, also, external build quality. You don't want something that if you just accidentally knock it over, it breaks. Again, these are real economic trade-offs, right? So a lot of devices that are kind of getting out there quicker and onto shelves, and they may be at a lower price point, It's you get what you pay for. But these are things that you need to be aware of if you want a strong, resilient connection that's always on. Like always on is a key theme that we're pushing both internally and externally. Mm -hmm. Cellular WAN equals always on. And a few more things, antenna quality. So maybe it has poor antennas or great antennas because at the end of the day, your connectivity is dependent on, can you set up a two-way conversation between a tower and your device? Is the device easy to use or is it cumbersome? You know, if I have to whip out a screwdriver just to get the thing running, (laughs) you've already lost me as, you know, from a great customer experience standpoint. And then last but not least, feature richness. So how can I manipulate this device? What are some features I can you know, toggle depending on what my particular use case is? And what I really like about what we have done with the MG family of devices, the cellular gateways that we make, is that we check the box on every single category that we just named right here. We will put our device toe-to-toe with any other one out there. So one of the complaints, as I mentioned, with device placement, If you're indoors, your signal is going to be blocked. Mm -hmm. There's walls, there's concrete, there's rebar. It's going to block your signal. But the MG can be mounted anywhere. You can put it on a roof. You can put it on a pole. You can mount it near a window. And at that point, you have what's called line of sight. So you're going to have the best connection possible, barring bad weather and things of that nature. You've got the best connection possible. And then you're wondering, well, how do you connect that back to a network closet that's in your basement? And that's where the power of Ethernet comes in, right? So mm-hmm. network connections, networking 101. You can run a CAT 6A cable, CAT 7, whichever your preferred wiring modality is, and run it into your basement. And your closet can stay where it is, in a nice, cool location, secure location that only IT has access to, but still mount your modem or your cellular gateway on the roof. Right. That is something that I'm personally excited about because it's one thing to have an offering in the marketplace, but it's another Like, Simon, if you wanted to commute in downtown Chicago, I would probably advise against having a very large vehicle during rush hour. (laughs) And I'd probably say take public transit or a scooter. Same thing, right? Like, what's the point of having a device if it doesn't work all the time? So that's what I love about the MG is that it truly is built to work anywhere at all times.
0: You know, one of the fun things I I love about uh, doing this podcast is hearing the passion in the, in the voice. And, um, you know, that's, that's really coming out very strongly there. And it's, it's because we do believe in that importance of being able to keep the connectivity there and being able to enable people. And so this is, you know, at the end of the day, it's just a, a box like any other, but it's not like any other in the sense that it's going to be, sit anywhere. It's going to provide you the connectivity and the performance you need so you can get your stuff done and you can, and you can move on. And I think that's, Um, really, as we sort of start to move this towards a conclusion, I'm I'm very interested in just any stories and customer examples, uh, where you've seen the products being used, you know, particular scenarios and environments where it's really shown its strength.
1: Yeah, so there's, um, there's three things I'd like to talk about, you know, I'm not going to name the customer uh, just yet, but I'll give you kind of an example of how cellular is utilized in this type of a scenario. You know, if you're, let's say, in the retail industry, healthcare, quick service restaurants, supply chain, any sort of organization that requires a lot of physical branches, we call them in the networking world, Mm -hmm. cellular WAN is tailor-made for them uh, for three reasons that you probably haven't heard before. Uh, Number one is traffic reduction. So whoever tells you that a wired connection is superior all the time, uh, is respectfully misinformed because at all points of the day, the connection is not going to be the same in the morning, in the afternoon and in the evening, when everyone gets home, you're going to see a lot of congestion, no matter what your modality is. Right. So to have that cellular connection, especially with SD-WAN, it enables you to have traffic reduction on existing lanes of data. The second thing is that for these organizations when they're using SD-WAN, again, the power of SD-WAN is that you're using a software-defined network. So in my network, I can have two WAN uplinks. I can have wired and cellular. I can have cellular and cellular. You, know, right. you can mix and match. And what it does is it intelligently balances traffic between where its most available path to the other node is. Mm-hmm. So now you're using the benefits of both. So traffic management is kind of that second benefit. And really the third one is traffic enhancement. So this idea of I'm opening up new lanes of data. And if I'm using SD-WAN and I know that my connection, let's say on cellular is a little bit snappier, but I need my wire connection to be more of a backhaul. I do a lot of data transfers, backup, what have you. That's great. SD-WAN can actually segregate that based on your WAN uplink. So if I need to do voice over IP video calls, Cool, let's use cellular WAN. Mm -hmm. If I'm doing nightly backups, great. Let's use the wired connection. Latency is not really an issue. I just need it to be done by the time I get into the office in the morning. So these are three things, especially if you're, again, in retail, supply chain, and healthcare. Batching your data on wired, but getting that fast latency because you've got your MG mounted on a roof or a tower, like a pole, using that over for video connections Mm -hmm. and for transactions. We see that as a very promising and viable use case. And we're always here to help kind of talk through whatever it is that you need potential guidance or advice on. Is this going to work for me in a rural area? Yes. Is this going to work for me in a high traffic area? Yes. Can I deploy this to 10,000 branches? Yes, yes, yes. And yes, because the MG has what's called zero touch provisioning. So as soon as you order it and you sign up on the dashboard, you plug that baby in and it's going to run. That's it. That's one of the coolest things. It just works. So we're always here to talk about it. I'm always here to talk about it. And for any of your listeners that are curious about cellular WAN, I would tell them, you know, there's going to be a lot of information out there in the world. But if you want someone to get to what is what's in it for me, what's the story? Come talk to us. Seriously, just come talk to us.
0: <laughs> all right. So you heard it here first. Um, this is the place to go to talk to, uh, to, to Prateek uh, all about Solidex Technology, and um, there we go. We won't, we won't, um, we won't put your phone number out there, Rupertie. Don't worry, but uh, you'll find him. Just, just Google the name. Just Google the name. Um, it's, it's really interesting to to listen to the way you describe this. I, I think there was, there was an important point in there around uh, the fact that it doesn't have to be the the sole connectivity. Mode that you're using, right? And and so you can have a best of both worlds if you are running a if you lucky enough to have a great high speed um, wired connection, fiber optic, whatever it is, uh, absolutely you can use that and you can engineer the traffic appropriately for the different um, different mediums that you're using. So, you know you can see how this could be applied in so many different ways. I think uh, Prateek summed it up very well by saying yes, 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 and yes. Uh, I think I counted the number of yeses correctly. Um, so it's it's a highly flexible technology, and I, I, I think that's that's pretty awesome. Um, no doubt it's a journey like everything else in uh, in Meraki uh, technology, um, right, critique? So we're not done yet, that's for sure.
1: Absolutely not. Uh, we are extremely interested in cellular. We are extremely interested in the latest innovations. We're always working on pushing the envelope and the frontiers of human possibilities and i will just say uh three things number one if you want to learn more about cellular WAN, go to your favorite search engine duck duck go google bing whatever and just google meraki wireless wan Go, come check us out come learn about it the second thing that i will say is that if you'd like to reach out uh to myself You can find me on social at MrChaiGuy. I'm on all major platforms. Would love to have a conversation and connect you to the right point of information. And the third thing is that if you have any questions about, you know, where are we going with cellular? Again, come join the conversation. As I said to you, Simon, earlier, we're always actively thinking about how can we push this to the next level?
0: Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. You've got me thinking about a chai latte right now. I might go and fix one of those up. That's a Good moves. You're a fan, I assume. (laughs) Right on. (laughs) Cool. Well, Prateek, thank you so much for taking time out to join us on Meraki Unboxed. Um, It's been awesome to have you on the show. Uh, And we're obviously coming up to a long weekend um, here in the US. Obviously, by the time you hear this, that will have happened already. So the other ongoing thing right now is the World Cup just started, of course. Um, uh, Do you want to tell us who your favorite team is?
1: I don't have a horse in this race. I follow more the American sports. So, Chicago Bulls, the Chicago Bears, I am uh, eagerly awaiting for our return to championship domination. But for those of my friends out there that are following the World Cup, you know, best of luck to your teams. <laughs> I love that sports is a great unifier, just like technology. It brings people together, right. gives us something to cheer for. And honestly, good luck to everyone. May the best team win.
0: Absolutely. Uh, but come on, England. That's all I'm going to say uh, about that. <laughs> and With that, we should probably wrap things up. Uh, thank you very much again for listening to Meraki Unboxed. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with the last episode of 2022. Uh, and as is tradition now on Meraki Unboxed, we'll be getting together a number of um, superstars from our Meraki community if you're not familiar with that, you certainly should be. So please go to community.meraki.com to see more there. But that's essentially the place to go and talk with other users of the technology. And we'll be getting a few of those superstars uh, on here to chat about what 2022 has been like for them and what they're looking forward to in the new year. So we'll be back with that in two weeks. But uh, for now, from Pratik and I, I want to wish you a great rest of your day. And we'll see you again here on Meraki Unbox very soon. Bye-bye for now.